Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, faithful vigilant geeks around the globe. It's 2016. This is the Vigilant Geek Podcast, and we are back for another year of bringing you up to date geek, comic book, and pop culture news. That's what we do. That's how we roll. That is how we roll. My name's Andrew Puzak of Vigilant Geek Media, and with me, as always, my comic book partner in crime, Holden Orm. Happy New Year, Andrew. Happy New Year, bud. And with us, uh, again, uh, been a long time, uh, frequent guest on the show and Vigilant Geek Media co-analyst, stand-up, uh, comedian, Nathan Burke. Yay! Yippee! I'm like a, I'm like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, a, co- a, co- a correspondent or, uh, some sort of a something or other. Yeah, you're a correspondent. We'll go with that. I always yeah. think of you as more of a reoccurring character in the series. He's, yeah, he's just, you know, you're, you're working your way up to main character status. Yeah, yeah, like I'm, I'm you like, know. I'm like kind of in the, uh, to this, to the side. And then, like, there's more and more character development and right, in right. my story, and like, you kind of get into my backstory a little bit. And That's slowly right. Slowly, I gain some. And then, and, and, and meanwhile, Nathan's doing a lot of dungeon crawling. He's doing a lot of grinding, bringing up his XP, yeah. getting items he needs in order to be a full time vigilant geek. Speaking of which, uh, I got uh, Hyrule Warriors for Wii U for uh, Christmas. Man, I'm so out of touch with Nintendo. That, uh, is that like, um, <clears throat> like, um, I think it's about a year old, but almost so, a year old. Is it uh, like one of those Game Boy Zelda games where it's uh, top-down adventure style? No, it's uh, it's Dynasty Warriors, basically with Zelda. Oh man! So basically, they they pretty much made like a Zelda mod for Dynasty Warriors. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's Nintendo made it though. Yeah, so. it's made by it's like a collaborative. thing. No, so I remember when they 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 came out with one like a, a Dynasty Warrior style game with uh, Gundam. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah. No, I never bought it, but I imagine it was actually pretty good since. But yeah. Since no, it's it's really fun. Like I I had never really played Dynasty Warriors, so this is like my first. Oh yeah, no, it's a great way to just like if you just like have time that you like hate that you have, <laughs> like you can just be like, hey, I'm just gonna repeatedly do the same attacks over and over again. Until, yeah, yeah. Until it's, I get to the end of the level. It's been a lot of fun. So I I've been playing it a lot. Do they get like special abilities and stuff, or are they yep. all link clones? No, it's like every character in pretty much the ma- major console Zelda series. Like it's you you, you can play different uh, scenarios, different like settings. So it's like Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and uh, Skyward Sword. So, so what you just you get to use different versions of Link. No, you can, no, there's only one Link so far. There's like different costumes and stuff too that you can use, but okay. there's like Link and Zelda and Ganondorf and you can play as all these characters. That's, uh, that sounds pretty uh, amazing. Princess man. Rudo from like the Zora princess from Ocarina. Oh, um, what? The one who's in the fish? Jub Jub? Yeah. 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 Um, the, uh, Goron king there. <clears throat> uh, okay. Uh, Darunia. That's his name. Um, uh, the the sword from Skyward Sword, the goddess sword, uh, and in Twilight Princess Midna, you can play as Midna, uh, and um, 
Uh, I think you can play as another character. From, you can. I think I haven't unlocked them yet, but you can play as the villains as well from those games. Man, I'll have to check this out. It's, it is fun. N- Nintendo holds a place in my heart, but at mm. the same time, I'm not going to drop 200 bucks so I can play like the yeah. two or three Zelda games that they managed to put out within a decade. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think I think Skyward Sword was great, but no, oh, no, no, I've I've heard good things too. This is Nintendo best, gets a little bit I think it was the best you. one since Ocarina. I don't know. So, New Year, New Year, 2016. What do we got? What do we got? Looking to look forward to this year. Well, <laughs> it's funny you ask that. Um, and uh, you know, before I even get into this whole can of worms here, I crack this can open. Uh, just want to say, uh, gentlemen, we got to do uh, some more gaming episodes, especially with the knowledge you two have going back and forth uh, coming up in the very close future. So. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, be on the lookout for that. Uh, I could actually just take that whole segment that we just did and and, tr- and, and use it for a later episode. Oh, absolutely! I, I <laughs> would. Uh, paste it. Well, like, that was a that was a uh, teaser <coughs> for a future gaming ex- episode. Well, we, would we need to like make like like break glass in case of emergency episodes to just air <laughs> like just in case like we don't feel like filming like uh, recording. Yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. Like, do stock episodes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, either way, I'm all for that. But, uh, I'm about to open up a big old can of worms for, uh, this week. Oh yeah, we're going fishing. We're, we're going... These earthworms. Night crawlers. Yeah, well, speaking of night crawler, you're, you're getting warmer. You're getting warmer. Uh, no, today, uh, we are going to do a, uh, pretty in-depth, uh, analysis and, uh, uh, Sort of a, a, a teaser of what's uh, to look forward to for the Marvel Cinematic Universe in regards to 2016. Now, uh, for those of you who uh, are, are, are big uh, movie buffs, you know that uh, for uh, you know comic book movie uh, aficionados, there is you know 2016 is going to be a big year, and uh, we are in fact uh, looking at seven comic book related feature films to be released this year in total at least uh i don't think there's any more than seven is there no well i i thought I, in the I back doubt, of my I head i highly doubt it most of I, them uh are, did a lot of research are marvel titles so i i, except I thought for, except for two i thought there weren't like more than six a year well let me rattle them off for you we have uh coming up in february february 12th we get deadpool uh, which is Fox Studios, but <clears throat> it just looks so cool. For, if you guys have seen uh, the, the, the trailer, film. yeah, it came out uh, Christmas Day, and it is it just looks so funny. Uh, I can't wait for it. This is going to be really cool. I think it's next month, right? It comes out next month? Yeah, February, February 12th. Uh, and then uh, followed by that, we have Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War, which uh, is basically Avengers 2.5. Uh, and we, you know, when Mark was here a few weeks ago, we discussed that trailer a little. Uh, it was hard for us not to. Uh, it's, it's gonna be unlike anything, uh, we've ever seen. A lot of hype. Um, apparently they got some new characters that they're bringing into the fold during that, uh, movie. Uh, that's, they're going to be, it's the debut of, uh, sp- the new Spider-Man, uh, Black Panther. And I've heard that there's going to be one other one, but I just, you know. 
Yeah, it, it it's, there definitely, there's going to be some surprises for us. I know that for a fact. The fans are, are going to go wild. And, uh, also, uh, there's some new villains as well. We got Baron Zemo, uh, stepping into the game here, uh, against Cap, uh, all the while he's dealing with, uh, you know, the, uh, registration act, uh, with the government and the whole, uh, feud he has with Stark and, you know, how, Different Avengers take different sides and what have you. Uh, what we know so far about that, uh, is basically Cap will be, you know, he'll have the Falcon, uh, who else? I'm trying to think. I, I believe he'll have, uh, had, uh Winter Soldier. Yep, Winter Soldier, uh, Black Panther. I've... No, Black Panther sides with Stark. Does he? I could have swore I yeah. saw him. You know how they do those uh, in the trailer? I thought I saw him. Uh, you know how they like to run head on, like groups of five. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna run head on into each other, and then you know they because it's great for trailers. Yeah, know? yeah. And then it showcases right. the uh, the new the new costumes and, and everything. And uh, I, I could have swore I saw him. But uh, what about Hawkeye? <clears throat> I think Hawkeye was on Cap's side as well. I could be wrong. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. Um and then uh Stark's got the vision. Uh I think he's got Scarlet Witch. I don't know, it's gonna be really cool. Uh we're gonna see him fight each other. I mean, you know, that's not gonna happen ever again. Yeah. So hell. I mean that's gonna be a box office smash. I still need to see Avengers know. too. No, there's, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Well they're well, also you... teasing the fact that uh um one of the one of the main characters is gonna die in this movie. Well, it'll be very interesting to I see. Feel, I feel like I think that's the uh, the tagline to the movie. Actually, is uh, <laughs> civil war. Someone's gonna die. Someone's gonna die here. <laughs> yeah. So see it, so you don't miss out. I just hope it isn't yeah. Captain America. That would really put a real wet blanket on the whole Infinity War a, thing they're trying to do later on. Oh yeah, no, it better not be, and it better you know Stark should better not die either. But I think if I were to wager a guess, uh. I'm gonna just say it right now. My prediction is, uh, War Machine's gonna die. Um, just based on what I saw on the trailer and, uh, just that's my prediction. I think that, you know, Cap's team, if something happens and War Machine dies and that escalates things even more. Yeah. So, with the way things are, I think that's probably how Is Ant-Man in it? Ant-Man's gonna be in it. I don't know what side though. I don't know what side he's gonna be on. I don't know if it's, he's going to be a sympathize with Stark or with Steve Rogers. So I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I know I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, uh, how, I don't think there's anyone out there that isn't. Like, I don't think I've I've seen anyone either online or in person know. say, "Oh, I, I I just you know when when Civil War comes out, I bet I'm just not even going to see it." You know, I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, and I'm not really even like a, a huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, it's gonna I'm be. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be really. Good. I don't know. I wasn't initially excited about it when I first heard about it, but uh I mean, I am now. I just felt that because uh, I I remember reading the storyline, the original Civil War storyline that Mark Millar did, and I know this is gonna be loot. You know how Marvel is; they like to loosely name things based on other storylines that they've had, and then have them be completely different stories. Yeah, I imagine this is gonna be any isn't gonna be any different. I think it's gonna be. The 
the people who are in charge of hunting down criminals or looking for the Winter Soldier since he was brainwashed for how long? And Cap's like, well, he's my buddy. Like, it wasn't his fault. It was Hydra. And they're gonna be like, sorry, we need to take him into custody. And I think that's what this whole beef thing is going to be about. With you, the, you know, you're right. You're 100% correct. And obviously, that's not the way the original source material was at all. Um, so that's where the creative liberties are coming into play. Yeah. Well, they're doing a good job coming up with creative original stuff. Like Age of Ultron was more of a Ultron um, origin story, but they, I don't know. It's just me and my pet peeve with Marvel. You're you're one of the biggest publishers and story medium there is, but you're going to go ahead and you're going to recycle names. Ugh. I don't know. I feel like I've beaten that horse to death like five times no, uh, since we but- started the podcast. Marvel and their stupid lack of creativity. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, it, it, it's a pet peeve of mine as well because it, it can be confusing to the longtime reader, longtime fan that's expecting, you know, a story named uh, Civil War to be like the story they read a few years back named Civil War or vice versa with, you know, the other names they've used. Age of Ultron, Secret Wars, what have you, whatever it is. Uh, they keep recycling exactly. So, no, it's a very valid point. Uh, I agree with that. So, uh, but no, it's, uh, the trailer just looked incredible. Uh, I couldn't believe what they were doing to Iron Man. I'm very excited. Uh, we're gonna see some new characters, some new faces. It's all gonna be good stuff, so. Uh, and it just, you know what I, what I'm liking about <clears throat> it now? Is that a lot of these franchises, they've, they've gotten it like, like, so, like the timing is down perfectly so that you almost have a movie every two to three months it feels like like every two to three months you get like a good comic cinematic flick come out yeah yeah they they leave you it's a it's a it's a a great time to be alive if you're if you're a fan (laughs) well yeah especially a comic book fan just because you know regardless even if it's not marvel and dc and i've i've beaten this one to a dead horse and i probably won't stop just because it's you know my big probably one of my big points that I try to get across to people about the graphic novel medium as a whole. As of over the past decade, and it's not showing any signs of slowing down, uh, there's just been so many films, so many television series and Netflix series and what have you that have been based on the graphic novel medium. Besides the Marvel and DC stuff, you know, you look at all the stuff that they've put out, but then you look at, uh, you know... All the countless other hits, you know, in the box office, you look at Kick-Ass, you look at Wanted, you look at Kingsman, you look at uh, Watchmen, V for Vendetta, let's go on and on and on. And then the TV series, same deal. We got Preacher coming out soon. Uh, they're working on a Sandman movie. Uh, 100 Bullets series. I mean... Is it an actual series or... Or, uh, it's, it's, I mean, I think they're just still in talks about it, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it, the list goes on and on and on. They are, they are realizing that these, like, you know, multi-million dollar story ideas are, are all within the graphic novel medium and they just need to be unlocked. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, all these Hollywood executives just woke up one day and they're just like, hey, we have the technology and these, these properties have built in fan bases. Exactly. Right. And they're just like, oh, well, this one worked. Like, the first one worked, like Iron Man, you know. Yeah, and yeah. And they're just like, well, let's do another one. 
How about let's try this one? Let's try this one. And, this then, is, just, and then it just snowballed. Oh, it's just exactly. a matter of time before, like, the fringiest characters get their own movie. Like, oh, yeah. I'm waiting for the Squirrel Girl tri- trilogy. Oh, God. <laughs> the, uh, the, the undefeatable Squirrel Girl trilogy. The thing is, the thing that's, it is funny about that is, like, you can kinda make anything good. You can kinda make anything, like, watchable and, like, a, well, good, a good film. Like, if you get the right writers behind it. Yeah. Like, you can, you can make it captivating and, right. like, you know, there, there is a formula to writing. Oh, a no, no, there certainly is. I mean, another part of it, too, is just that, that, that you have to have things bumping on all cylinders. Like, mm-hmm. what Marvel has managed to do is, isn't anything less than like, like, holy shit, how do they do this? Right. Cause when you're making a movie, first of all, you need the budget, and then, and then you need the script. If the script sucks, it doesn't matter how much money you have, the movie's gonna be bad. Mm-hmm. So you got that. Then you gotta get the, the, the proper people to be the cast. And then, um, and then everything else. And then you gotta mesh it all together. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like how oh, is yeah. this even possible? This is what this is what makes it so special is the fact that this is unprecedented. Exactly, and you know, you mention about all those like you know little uh, interworking uh, uh, factors to, to putting together a feature film, and I've always found filmmaking to be so fascinating because there's so many parts that. Uh, are, are so key to linking it together and to making it work and making it something that, you know, not only is creatively, uh, you know, something, uh, fresh and new, but something captivating for the audience too. And it, it's, you know, it's, it's an art form that I'll always have the utmost respect for, uh, because of that. Because it's, it's, it is sort of like it, it, it's a team, uh, it's a it's a team goal. It's a so, team effort. It's a team effort, exactly. It's not like, you know, all right, uh I'm gonna write a book, I know how to write, I know what I wanna write about, and it's just me writing it. Okay. And then when I'm ready, I'll get it edited and published. Oh, there's, there's so many different people working on so many different parts to a film. Yeah. You, you know, can't just it, pass it to Kobe. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. And uh you know, all of those people have to bring their A game. Or it doesn't yeah. or it doesn't go together. Which so. is actually a good Euphemism for movies too, because like, uh, you know, you'll get movies where it's just like, hey, we'll just get the big star. We'll just, as long as we get Brad Pitt, we got our movie. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Who cares about the script or the director? We don't need anybody. We just get Brad Pitt. He'll be on the marquee. It'll say (laughs) Brad Pitt and people will fly to the movies. And, uh, pay him, uh, pay him another five million dollars to show his ass. (laughs) Right. He'll show one buttock. For five million. And then his agents- I don't need both buttocks. <laughs> his agents like, well, you know, one buttock's gonna cost you, f- uh, ten million, and then, uh, if you want him to show two buttock, I mean, that's probably can, gonna be can, another ten million right well, there. Well, we can CGI in the second buttock. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, but, you know, I really wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there were talks in Hollywood, like, just exactly like that, but. Well, I remember, uh, Mark Gallagher was talking about this, actually, was, uh, the, the emails that were leaked, like the Sony emails. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I like, read a bunch of those, were, like, just movie executives, and they were just, like, the dumbest things, like, the most simplistic, like, n- just no complexity to their, their, to their, like, ideas. And, and they're making big time, like, something you'd think it's, like, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory yeah. with how amazing and secret everything is in a Hollywood studio, and it's just like, hey, wanna go get food at that cafe? Yeah. They're just like... <laughs> and the other guy's like, 
Yeah, I'll meet you in 15. They're just like, who do you want to be in this new movie? And they're like, I don't know. Johnny Depp's good. <laughs> like, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a note that's just... Like, it's just like, once you get into that position of power, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like, who you are. It's like, you're there. Unless you really fuck up, you're not going to get fired. And then it's just like, you can do what you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like... It's like, oh man, that guy's, that guy's brilliant. That guy's a brilliant producer. And yeah. it's like, it's like, why? Because he thought that Johnny Depp would be good in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like really brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, no, it's, it's, that's really funny just to think about, but, uh, let's get a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, <laughs> who do you want to be in the movie? How about a star? We need a star. <laughs> Speaking of stars, uh, the next film we're about to discuss is Chuck- Star Wars! <laughs> which I saw, by the way, finally, yeah. and, and, and it was, all I have to say is I personally, I thought it was untouchable. Yeah, it was great. No, I thought it was really, really good. A lot of people are butthurt about, uh, that movie. And it's like, why? My why? Own, my you know what it is, is because Star Wars is probably the first movie that's gonna turn into a religion by itself. Without any interaction from anyone else. I, I'd say you're probably right. So yeah. what you we're dealing with right now is we're dealing with the backlash from the Old Testament Star Wars, yeah. which is episodes four through six. They're still grumpy about how they tried to change their religion with episodes one through three. Uh. And now that episode seven just came out, they see that they're trying to write the characters in a certain way to go ahead and be the Star Wars for this generation. Because yeah. it's been like 30 years since like... The true sequel. I mean, this is the true sequel that we got right now. The, well, what's, what's, uh, my only issue with it was really like, I don't know, this isn't really a spoiler or anything, but I mean, the, the, just the plot, the premise was very similar to the original, like, New Hope. They've always done that though. Think about yeah. it. Rem- yeah, like when Han says, like, there's always a way to blow it up. Like, you know, that, that's, that is a callback to a New Hope. Right. And, and, um, you know, Fans know that, and it was and pretty appreciate. much like the same thing. It's the same exact thing. In a lot, of, yeah. in a lot Fighting. of ways, it, it they used the same recipe and format to create this movie as they did with A New Hope. And you know what? This is like the first movies of uh, of a whole generation of people just getting ready to fall in love with Star Wars again. All I know is I just want to see some Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come here, here, there, honey. Hey, you little fur behind. So cute. You're so cute. I want to see. I want to see some snow battle, and I want to see some Ewoks. <laughs> That's it. That's all we want. I hope the new one's a little more original, but I can understand why they wanted to give the because uh, it it the the movie felt like a New Hope, but the ending felt more like Empire than. Uh, and and can I just say one thing about that? The goddamn Death Star. Like, can they, like, build something else, for Christ's sakes? It's like, every every time, like, they do the same fucking thing. Like, oh, well, uh, I mean, we built this really cool ball in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the space, and it can blow up planets, but, you know, we they keep finding, like, these, like, loopholes and blowing us up. Yeah. You know, what? well, I mean, we could build another one, I guess, and try it again. I mean, you know, yeah. and, but, you know, they still are, are leaving, you know, vulnerabilities out. You know, it's like, you think they'd get that, you know, Tighten down security a little bit more there, you know, but. It's like we, it's like, you know, they tried this twice before, right? And like, you know, if you read a history book, <laughs> it uh, didn't really work out for them. They're like, meh. 
but they don't have any <laughs> they don't have any books in space yeah. you know they don't that's have true well they there's have, a little bit of one-upsmanship jj uh, abrams the way he well, i don't even think he wrote it didn't who the guy who wrote it was the guy who wrote like every other star wars flick right Mm, you you got sure. me on that. I actually don't. I don't Do know. Do we have Mark Gallagher on? Space? I I oh. wish I wish we could get Mark Gallagher to call in to give us. He's he's the guy that would know that. But. Uh, well, it's not going to. Was it like we'll the, have to ask him later? Was it like the concept was written by a guy and then J.J. Abrams like adapted it into? No, J.J. So Abrams was assigned to produce it, but he didn't write the script. Really? Someone okay. else wrote the script. Interesting. And I guess the guy who wrote the script was the guy who helped uh, George Lucas write all the other scripts. Oh, right. So it's almost like that guy is the real guy behind Star Wars, and George mm-hmm. Lucas is just like he had a great idea and he did a lot of great things with it. And then he started doing silly things with this beautiful thing he created. <laughs> and then everyone else got mad at him. And you're like, you can't be mad at me. I created Star Wars. It could be anything that I choose. The people deserve a Christmas special. And then uh, <laughs> and then Disney bought it from him. And now he's just sour grapes because they just mm-hmm. made, like, way more money than they paid him for the whole franchise. You know what they movie. say. The sourest of grapes make the sweetest of wines. No one ever said that. <laughs> yeah. I just made that up. Well, he certainly has been whining an awful <laughs> lot lately. Yeah. So there you go. But um, cha. But um, bump. Well, cha. you know, guys. Speaking of whining, um, <laughs> why don't we ch- turn our attention back to the Marvel uh, Cinematic U for just uh, one quick moment here? And, because since that's what the podcast is about. <laughs> and, um, well, actually, technically, Disney owns Star Wars. Disney owns Marvel. Marvel publishes the Star Wars comics. They're all in sim- similar. The universes are going to start kind of intertwining, what I bet, here and there. What a web that's being we Yeah. So, I mean, it's pertinent. I'm glad we brought up Star Wars. But, uh, yeah, speaking of whining, um, I actually have a little whining to do about the next film that I want to discuss coming out May 27th uh, from Fox Studios is X-Men Apocalypse. Now, it looks fantastic. Uh, I am extremely excited to see it. My only qualm is I just don't like how, uh, I forget the actor's name, but I, I just don't like the way they made Apocalypse look. He doesn't look I don't know. From, mm. from what I saw in the trailer, doesn't I feel like they could have done a better job? He just doesn't look like Apocalypse. He, yeah, I he don't looks, know. He looks like he's like he's a hard one to design, though. The character himself is his powers allow him to grow and shrink in size and change his arms and legs to different appendages to turn into different things. I know. I on know. Top of also being invincible. On, I, honestly, I don't have that big of a deal he, with it. He looked a little dumpy. He did look a little dumpy. Yeah, he, yeah. he looked like more of a creature than a mutant. I don't know. I'm being really nitpicky, but part of it was because I wanted a smooth transition back into talking yeah. about movies. And I said, oh, whining. Well, I can whine about this for a second. Yeah. Well, so. he, he does kind of look like they, they stole him from, like, Stargate SG-1. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, he's it's got, like a he, sci-fi network type of... Uh... He's got, like, that space alien Egyptian look going for him, which yeah. essentially that's what he is. Are you yeah. saying Apocalypse is a gauled? Um, <laughs> that's a Stargate reference. No, uh, well, he's actually a uh, a celestial, I believe, which is a Marvel reference for another group of special. Is beings. he really? Yeah, it's weird because he's I like didn't know that he's he's supposed to be like one of the first mutants to have ever existed. Wow! But he's also like that the armor that he wears is celestial armor. 
which can't you can't be killed when he's wearing it. No shit, I didn't know that. That's wow, I learned something new about the Marvel U today. I figured I I knew almost everything at this point. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I, I, <laughs> I wish I knew what exactly you were talking about because that sounds very cool. So, so I I mean I I I'm an old, you know, X-Men Yeah, you're a fan of the old cartoon fan. Which, which is like, you know, regarding source material, the, the X-Men cartoon is, is the best way to learn, you know, as much accurate, uh, history about the, yeah. the X-Men story as possible. Yeah. I also want to say, like, I'm very excited about this new X-Men movie because, um, I thought Days of Future Past was one of the best, like, the superhero best. movies I've ever seen. The best. It, it was loved, so good. I loved that movie. Like, I, I, like, more than, um, pretty much any, yeah, I can't, I can't well, name it. It really blew away expectations, cause I remember when X-Men First Class came out, and I was highly skeptical because mm-hmm. the, the, the two X-Men movies that, that were before that were just, they were, they were stinky, dude. They're total yeah, stinkers. Three, dude. and, uh. Well, two, two, I like two to a certain like point. But the fact that three followed two made two suck in my mind. Yeah, two, two was like solid. Two but, was like, but, okay. I'm good. I'm happy. But, and then three was just like kind of a cluster F. There's a reason for that, though. Brian Singer, he was on the first two X Men's, and he didn't. He had nothing to do with the third one. Oh, That's yeah. why it sucks so bad. When Brian Singer mm-hmm. picked it back up with uh, First Class, and uh, First Class was okay. Was it was okay? It didn't really follow the source material at all, but it was all right. I had no expectations. And of then it. That's uh, why I liked it so much. But but uh, but he really, you know. He really like put X Men back on the map with Days of Future Past, and now people are frothing at the mouth for the next one and the next one. X Men is a, no sign of slowing down. I, I just I hate the fact that it's not connected to the Marvel universe. Like I hate it too. It never will be as it, long as very, Fox finds so people. Annoying. What happened is uh, I, I actually looked it up today because I was curious between uh, having to deal with the uh, the subject of the rights to Spider Man. And the rights to X Men being sold to the respective Sony and, and Fox individually. Yeah. Everyone uh, up to now knows that um, what had happened was Sony bought the film rights flat out from Marvel. Mm. So Sony owns Spider Man in movies. Okay. So what they did was they came to an agreement like, all right, everyone wants to see Spider Man in a Marvel movie. We do too. We'll just split the the revenue. And then, even though they kind of bought the rights already for Marvel already, but the same thing goes for Fantastic Four and 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 the X Men. Yeah, those properties. It's it's not like they they sold them a, a window of time in order to make movies. The rights belong to Fox, mm-hmm. just straight up. And it, it's kind of depressing because Marvel. More than any other company knows exactly what they're doing with their with their properties mm-hmm. and and creating films with those properties. It, it feels like a like a like a disowned son. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it's just it's just like they should be part of the family. Like oh, I wish they'd come home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I wish X Men would was here with us. Yeah, it's just with here for us for our Avenger party. I think part of what pisses people off the most about this is that. The everyone sees how amazing the Marvel Cinematic Universe is right now, and like the Marvel Universe isn't even whole because they don't have X Men and they don't have uh, they don't have Fantastic Four. They don't have Fantastic Four or Spider Man. It's like they don't have a clue. 
like, no idea. <laughs> well, you know, we've dis- we've discussed this before, but uh, you know, they've what they've essentially done is they've they've taken the Guardians of the Galaxy and they've filled the role of the Fantastic Four as like Marvel's outlet for their cosmic characters with Guardians. Uh, and I feel like they're trying to do the same thing with the Inhumans right now to kind of fill the X Men gap in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Uh, it's going to take some time and to build up steam, but I think uh, I think that the the Inhumans are a very promising uh, property as well. Uh, and then you know, thankfully, they came to terms, with, you know, to figure out a way to share Spider Man. Uh, so we'll get to see him. I think the the best way to go ahead and preview something new is because eventually we know we're going to get way fringy characters getting like crazy amount of movie time. This oh, is yeah. going to happen, and and these characters are going to blow up. Um, it's yeah. This they can't. You're gonna see like point. a Moon Knight two, Moon Knight three. You know. I feel like <laughs> if they really want Inhumans to really take hold, like they already got some momentum because of Agents of Shield. Yeah. What they what they need to do is go ahead and make an animated show. One of those. That's how everyone gets hooked in the beginning. I wouldn't know anything about Marvel comics if it weren't for the Spider Man and the X Men cartoon. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's how it yeah, all started. Yeah, same here. I mean, I obviously I don't know a lot about it, but I mean, like, like that's what I grew up with. Yeah, X Men. Oh like, yeah. No, but you know the bare bones, you know. Yeah. You know, you know the basic uh, storylines. Yeah. And uh, exactly, um, you know, unless you were like, I feel like unless you're a kid and you're introduced to comic books by your parents, which I was. You know, I wouldn't have, like, you know, just gotten into comics on my own, probably. It, so it would have been the cartoons. Absolutely. Uh, I think that would be a great idea to, like, really push the Inhumans. I mean, we'll have to see. You know, maybe someone like James Gunn takes the reins to, like, an Inhumans movie and just makes it into something amazing. No. Um, we'll have to we'll just have to see what comes. But uh, I guess uh, this brings us to our, our last Marvel film. Now, there's... There's two DC films coming out in 2016 as well. I'm sure, as you all can probably guess, uh, it's Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. And we will get into that uh, the next DC update. But our last Marvel movie to discuss, coming out July 8th this year, is Doctor Strange starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, so have you seen some of the screenshots? <laughs> have you seen some of the screenshots? Oh yeah, they look fantastic. Yeah. He looks he looks great as Stephen Strange. You disagree? I think his goatee isn't full enough. <laughs> wow, we are really nitpicking. Today. He needs a stronger <laughs> goatee if he's gonna be Doctor Strange. A more Strange. a more more prominent facial hair. Okay, all right, duly noted. <laughs> no, it's just uh, between Doctor Strange and Tony Stark have the best goatees in the Marvel universe. They sh- and yeah. and I think cinematically. It should be depicted there. I think you should get him some Just for Men or some Darkening Agent and really solidify that goatee. Because yeah. that's that's what people are actually going to go see this July. A goatee. That's that they they want to see that 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 that's where actually he gets Come all for the goatee. That's where Stay he actually for the movie. Doctor Strange gets all his power from his goatee. It's uh, it's it's continuity. It's in the books. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It is. Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's very funny. Yeah, it, it, I also it, made it it's up, also though. very yeah. it, it, it's very inaccurate. Um, that's not the case. Uh, Doctor Strange. I, I was almost, I was like half believing you because I was like I was like 
Is that that's too much of a stretch for something to happen in a comic book? No, it's really yeah, not. Yeah, it is. That that's something that would happen in an anime though. That is something. But that uh they do a whole series on oh, that. Man. Yeah. Nope, Doctor Strange studied under the Ancient One and that is how he became the Sorcerer Supreme. Just as a really quick background for Doctor Strange. He is like the man of the mystic arts. Uh you know, he's the guy that'll travel into the astral plane and cast spells and what have you. He's the premier magician of the Marvel universe. Correct. Correct. If, if there was an anime about a guy with a powerful goatee. It would be called like, uh, like beard punch kick. I don't hero. know. Well, you know that one anime, Bobo Bobo Bobo. Yeah, Bobo Bobo Bobo. Yeah, that was like it was just the most ridiculous thing. I almost <laughs> feel like that's kind of the same kind of premise because the guy like had the fist of the nose hair and he'd like beat people up with his nose hairs. It's it's and that's kind of like can just do anything. That's kind of like a goatee, right? So no silly. Yeah. It's, well, that's even more of a stretch. <laughs> so silly. Oh, man. But, uh, no, uh, besides, you know, the lack of the prominent goatee there, which I, I mean, I think he has like a very adequate goatee. It could be better. Um, no, I, I thought he looked great as Doctor Strange, though. Uh, I feel like, you know, I have seen Benedict act in the Sherlock series. He's very good there. Uh, seen him in a few other things. I think, I think he'll be a great Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm not quite sure. I've heard different things about who the main villain's gonna be. Uh, apparently a lot of people are saying there's gonna be two. Uh, Dormammu being like the big bad guy, you know, uh, It'll be interesting because, you know, Doctor Strange hasn't really been a title for many years now. A lot of people don't know his backstory. Um, it'll be cool. It's going to be really cool just to see what they do with him. Uh, just, uh, it just came back. Yeah, it um, came back. It's a title right now. It's a title right yeah. now. It's being uh, written by... Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron, who writes Thor. I mean, he is like the premier fantasy writer for Marvel, so he's great. And then, uh. And I mean, the, the book's been great so far as well. You know, I've read the first couple issues. Oh, I definitely enjoy it. Uh, yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're, you know, getting everyone jazzed for the, for the book. Or sorry, for the movie with the book, which is what they do with everything else, what they did with Ant-Man and everything, you know, so. Things to look forward to. Now, there's one other film that is scheduled to be released still. In 2017, but is having a lot of problems and is still stuck in pre-production. So I think it's pretty safe to say that it's going to be released much later than that. Mm -hmm. And that is Gambit. Uh, They've changed directors a few times. I know Channing Tatum was back and forth on whether he's going to stay on the project. I don't Um, think he should have. I think a guy like that really could like really hold out for a much better role than Remy LeBeau. Yeah, but it's also like a you know, a solo movie like starring him too. So I don't know. Yeah, is but this, he's is he's in folks like that all the time though. So is this a Fox property? Another yeah. yep, another Fox property. Okay. Yeah. So Channing Tatum Tatum had went ahead and he signed on to be Gambit. So okay. Gambit's I guess getting his own flip. I don't I'm not a big Channing Tatum fan in general. I so No I me neither, I, I yeah. Kinda, I kinda you know I and I'm I like Gambit a lot because, you know Gambit's um, really cool. I feel like I feel like everyone liked Gambit though, like growing up in, in X Men. Oh well, yeah, no, Gambit and Nightcrawler were probably my two favorites because they were just like eh, cool things. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I just think Channing Tatum doesn't. 
I just don't fit think he, with Gambit. I don't think he fits me. with. I think he he certainly has what it takes in order to play a a character within one of the cinematic universes for sure. I yeah, just, I just feel like he's just. He's a just little a, bland it's a, for Gambit. It's just a waste of time. He's a little dry for Gambit, I think. Just like his demeanor, just his his the way he's uh speaks and everything. Like yeah, he, and then not, he doesn't strike me as like a very versatile actor. I think how is he going to pull off the Cajun accent? I'm right, that's pretty important, I think. And he needs to be like, you know, cocky and like He could probably do all those things. This might be just one of those films where it's just like you're skeptical, you're skeptical, and then you see it, and you're like, oh, of course, it's like one of the greatest movies ever. Or it's Green Lantern. Or it could, <laughs> or it could suck, yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I always defend Green Lantern because, I mean, I am a fan of the book, and, you know, uh the movie was a little hokey, but I, I have to say it followed the source material pretty well, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, as a fan of Green Lantern, I mean, the movie was made for fans of the book. Um, I think they tried to pack in way too much source material. Yeah, they did. Film. They did. But I, I thought for what they, I mean, they'd never tried something like that before. I thought they did okay. Like well, Green, it was okay. Like, Green Lantern's also a really hard hero to do that with. Yeah. So Green Green Lantern exists on two planes of his existence. He's a space cop in the galaxy, which is part of the universe. So he's flying around space with his magic ring, doing law enforcement, and then. There's the fact that he's a human superhero on Earth as well. And they didn't, like, usually for any good Green Lantern story, it has to either be a Green Lantern on Earth story or a a Green Lantern in outer space story. It's either a space opera or a superhero he Sorry. was bouncing back and forth in the movie, yeah. Yeah, and then, which he does in the books too, but if you ever noticed in the, in the books, he's either out in space, or he's doing something at home. And there's those are the two kinds of Cooking, stories cleaning, you can tell with tending him. To, <laughs> yeah. Tending to his, to his plants, you know. Yeah, you Stuff know, re- rearranging his shock drawer, <laughs> yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you have a good point there. It is sort of the formula. It's either one or the other. There's just too much to cover with both, but I thought, you know, you know, the use of, you know, Hector Hammond, I mean, they did a pretty good job with him. They did. Uh, the fact that they used Parallax is just, I don't know, I feel like they really could have used a... Well, they could have just done that story. The You know, the whole, like, Parallax, Green Lantern thing, like, that was, like, its own story arc. And it was a long one, and it was one of the most popular ones ever. So why didn't they just, why they didn't just do that, or, you know, or just focus on his origin or whatever, you know? But they kind of bounce around to like, you know, a lot of different stuff. So I hear you there. You know, I think the next time they're going to, you know, well, actually, it, it, it's a fact. Uh, they've, they've just came out. Uh, Warner Brothers said that the next Green Lantern related film will be called Green Lantern Core. So it's going to focus on the core and not just Hal Jordan or, you know, one particular Green Lantern. Uh, so I think you're going to get a little more, uh, about the whole uh, space aspect of everything. I don't know. Honestly, I think the movie would have been better if it was just Hal beefing with the Air Force. Like the Air Force doesn't like the fact that he's flying around and saving people. And it could have done a basic origin story and then maybe a space baddie shows up in the final 15 minutes and he's got to take care of it. But other than that, if it was just a human development type story, I think it would have been really good. I think it would have been really good. 
Yeah, there's a lot of different avenues you can take, uh, I suppose, when putting uh, a Green Lantern flick together. Well, interesting, but uh, in the uh, interest of keeping things Marvel, uh, I want to rattle off to you guys now uh, just some things to look forward to uh, if, if you're somebody who likes to look into the future. Uh, what's coming up after 2016? Some Some other movies that are slated to appear in 2017, 2018, and beyond. Uh, we, of course, have uh, The Avengers 3 Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, uh, which, you know, that is like the event that, you know, Marvel fans are waiting for. Uh, that's the big showdown uh, with with Thanos, uh, played by Josh Brolin. Uh, obviously, he's going to have the Infinity Gauntlet. He's going to somehow acquire all of these Infinity Stones that are scattered across the Marvel U right now. Uh, do a quick count. Let's see, we have one of the stones, Vision as in his head. Uh, another one is in Asgard. Another one is in, uh, with Collector. the Nova Corps. Oh, the Nova Corps, and then the Collector's got the other one. And then the Collector's got the other one. There's two more that haven't been introduced yet. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that, uh, one of them will be introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, and then, I don't know, maybe the next one in Thor Ragnarok or whatever. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. Uh, this will be the big showdown with, you know, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> it's getting over a cold. Me too. Yeah, we're all a little sick, but, uh, you know, this is going to be the big showdown in space, uh, versus Thanos. Uh, you're going to have the Avengers there. You're most likely going to have the Guardians of the Galaxy involved. And what I would like to see is every other aspect of the Marvel U as well. And they're all against Thanos. You got... You know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., let's bring them up to space. Why not? Uh, you know, let's, let's get, uh, uh, all the defenders up there. You know, Daredevil and, uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And why not? Let's get all, as many faces as we can. I don't care what it costs. <laughs> I want to see all of them dead on the ground in front of Thanos as he warps reality to his whim. Man, it sounds like a 90s rap video where, like, everybody's just <laughs> guest starring on everyone else's rap video. And they're yeah. like, <clears throat> and they have, like, four lines in the song, and then there's, like, 20 other people. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and you know what? And That's what I, I want that. I want to see that. <laughs> you know, that, that new Spider-Man, I don't care how young he is, let's get his little ass scrawny ass up to space, too. That's right. He, I want him doing flips. And I want him dead in front of Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, obviously, if you've read the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet, uh, well, you know, if you've read it or you haven't read it, uh, I'm sure you can figure out what will probably happen. I won't give anything away, but it is going to be like the two-part movie event that fans are, are, are looking forward to, and I believe the first one comes out uh, 2017. Uh, also, other things uh, to look out for. We mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy sequel, uh, Thor 3 Ragnarok, uh, a third Wolverine installment, uh, which will uh, supposedly be the last appearance of Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. He's, He's had a hell of a run, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be a very, very hard mantle to uh, to, to fill. Yeah. I don't know who... What a, what a perfect casting job they did with him. Like, it, I can't, you can't think of anyone else being Wolverine now. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, he pretty much owned the role. It, when it people is, think yeah. of Wolverine, they think of him now. Yeah, it's just... I, 
I really like. I don't know how they're going to replace him as as Wolverine. It, it's just so. It's just such a perfect. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's just like hindsight being like. Well, they'll find somebody. Like yeah. I'm sure there's actually an actual Canadian guy who's like perfect for the role. Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> he so, actually uh, would. He would be pretty awesome. So I'm. I'm just gonna tear you apart with my claws. Then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Edge. Oh, you know, Edge it's is Canadian. It's mm-hmm. funny because Edge, uh, Adam Copeland, uh, Edge. Uh, he starred as Adam Smasher uh, in the first episode of Flash Season 2. That's what I heard, yeah. And so he's trying to break into this whole comic book thing as well, uh, acting. And I think wrestlers, if they, you know, people, wrestlers that can act, like mm-hmm. Edge. Edge has always been great on the mic. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good, you know, solid uh, WWE personality. I think he would be great uh, as a Marvel or DC character, too. He, and he, Yeah, sorry, what? Oh no, no no no! Go ahead. Oh yeah, he he starred in, a, in a, another series on on some network. Uh, I don't know if it was like CW or some original series that they had. Uh, Stephen King se- inspired series that he starred in. Really? Uh, like last year, I think. Does he still think ago. he's a vampire, or did he get over that? Oh no, he got over that. He yeah. and he he retired from wrestling. Yeah. He, yeah. He oh no, obviously. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got a s- pretty serious uh, spinal injury. Uh, that'll do it. I'll do her in. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool today, guys. So He's yeah, like, if I wrestle some more, I could die. So I'm gonna quit. <laughs> but uh, I with, hear that all the time. Within the DC TV universe, he is Adam Smasher of Earth Two. I bet we'll see him again because uh, he's. I've actually already not to, you know, throw too many spoilers mm-hmm. out there, but I've seen little clips of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Which is basically going to be a DC uh, Justice League of America story. Uh, he's in that, so he is. Uh, it's crazy yeah. that like guys like that Batista show. That show just kind of feels to me like it's like the launching pad. It's just like this is where we're going to introduce you to DC <gasps> heroes and hope they catch on. I guess. Yeah, um, they got a really good backstory for it. Um, basically, Vandal Savage is the main villain, and. Uh, you know he's he's sort of immortal. He he's been around for for millenniums, and Rip Hunter, uh, the master of time travel, has to assemble a team of legends, uh, which consists of uh, the Atom, uh, Ray Palmer, the Atom, uh, Hawk Girl, Hawkman, who've been just introduced in uh, Green Arrow and the Flash, mm. or Arrow and the Flash. Yeah, isn't it like the the one of the canaries. Ah, uh, yeah, white um, canary. Uh, Sarah Lance uh, gets revived in the Lazarus pit and comes back as white canary. Uh, you got Captain Cold and Heatwave, oddly enough, uh, who are Flash villains, but they're on the team. Uh, I think I might be missing some people, but that's the basic core group of people right there. Uh, and Rip Hunter, obviously. And then, uh, yeah, they're up against Vandal Savage. So, uh, that's, you know, I know it's come, that's coming up soon. I don't know exactly when, but, uh, yeah, um, little bit of DC, uh, TV knowledge there, not to get too sidetracked. You think they're going to do their debut, um, like halfway through so that people will have new episodes to watch during the summer? Because I think uh, networks are trying to become wise mm. to that fact and just kind of realize that, like, 
these streaming services are going to like kick their face in if they don't reevaluate yeah, uh, how they they schedule small, and release things. Small screen is a uh, has like really come into its own in the past like decade. It's it's like it's arguably better than films now. Like you know, with oh, like it's Game, definitely Game competitive. With, yeah, with, with the streaming services, like. Like, people probably would prefer to watch an entire season of something as opposed to watching just a simple movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Like, yeah, because people are like, oh, just two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sad how that's where we're at in America. Yeah. You know, before, like, you know, in, like, you know, maybe the 60s or the 70s, like, most like older folks were like, oh... You know, after an hour or two of TV, I'm all set for the day, or I, I need to go to bed or whatever. Now it's like, just two hours? I need to sit in front of this thing for at least eight hours a day in order to get my fill. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> someone put a screen in front of my face, stat, before I kill everyone. It's funny. Someone would watch, like, Dirty Harry or something like that and yeah. get to the end and be like, oh, man, what a good cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't wait to see the next episode. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> Oh man, well, um, just to, you know, quickly, uh, f- finish. Was that the season finale? Oh was, man. Was that the season finale of Serpico? I can't wait to see <laughs> the next season. <laughs> um, in 2017 and beyond, uh, we also have to look forward to, uh, the new, uh, Spider-Man, uh, franchise, or the new Spider-Man movies, uh, set to be released. Uh, I'm not sure where they're going. They said that they're gonna like skip his origin for once and and move You're on kidding. from that. Um, which is good because they've really beaten that to a dead. You know, just beaten that senseless. The movie yeah. should just open like cold open with Spider-Man just looking up directly into the camera and going like, "All right, you get it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you get it. The thing with the spider and, and the then, thing, you my know, uncle, and the great responsibility bullshit. Uh, yeah. Okay, here we go." Thwip, thwip. All right, I'm off. <laughs> Spider-Man right. again. Woo! It's probably going to start off with him like doing like a brief synopsis on how he got his powers, and then it'll he'll web up some purse snatcher or something at the beginning, and then they'll go into how hard his life is because he's got powers and responsibility. And, and then he'll go spin some web all over Mary Jane if right. you catch my drift. Yeah, they actually do call that terrible move the Spider-Man. <laughs> there's a there's a a. T- Terrible sex move out there Is called this like the an urban dictionary thing. No, I learned this one in basic training. They, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, one of the is what they teach you in the military, folks. No, for some reason we had dead time and the drill sergeants were telling jokes and it was weird. Anyway, <laughs> I don't even. I, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to piece it together. What it's it like is. when you rub one out and then and then and you, you go thwip. Yeah, and oh, then, oh, and it's you in your hand it. and you just kind of throw it at them. Okay, like you throw it like Hannibal Lecter style, like uh, Silence of the like, Lamb style, and he yeah. throws it in her yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, like a yeah, your arm is moving forward, gotcha. and your wrist is up, and you you, you flick it, and then uh, and then before you know it, you're all out of web fluid. And then you're all out of web fluid. Yeah, that happens quick. <laughs> Wow. All right. If you guys are still listening to us, uh, thank you for staying on and, and, and listening to this. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're sorry for, uh, you know, any offensive, uh, things we might have caused you. Filthy in the end. We're getting, hey, getting a little filthy here. Um, also, it's been slated they are doing an Inhumans feature film. So we, as we mentioned, they're trying to really play up those Inhumans right since now. they, they don't have the mutants, uh, to work with in the cinematic universe. So that's scheduled for later on, like 2018, 2019. Want to know what else they don't have? 
a director or a script. <laughs> Zing! Zing! Oh, what, for Inhumans? Though. Yeah, Disney's having a hard time. I guess it's uh, it was somebody's baby that they wanted to do the Inhumans really? characters. And I guess whoever that was isn't working there anymore. So now they're like, just like, well, wait huh. a minute. Maybe, maybe we should do different characters than the Inhumans. I don't imagine that they're going to... They'll find someone. They're already pushing Inhumans so hard with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show that I just don't, I just don't see them not well, doing Well, yeah, movies. season, season two, and then, you know, I haven't seen any of season three yet, but I've heard that season three involves them a lot as well. Uh, it, it's pretty much become a show about the Inhumans, you know, more or less. Which, it, but it's been really good. So I'm excited about them now. And I've never been excited about Inhumans. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I didn't know they existed until the Inhumanity event. Well, no, no, no. The uh, Infinity event. Remember the Infinity event? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. when they really started getting involved in the Marvel <clears throat> that's, U. That's when the uh, the Inhumans really kind of like stepped up and really like like, hey, guess what? We're a thing. And then um, and then they all popped up on them. Yeah. Place. Um. You know, I, I, I've been reading Marvel comics since I was old enough to read, uh, probably since I was a five-year-old, six-year-old, uh, and, and I just n- never caught on with the Inhumans, but after watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, now I'm reading the books, I'm trying to learn a little more about them, and, and I think it would be really cool to see a, a film. I think that, you know, like I said, you get like a really creative mind, like a James Gunn involved on that, and then you get the right you know, creative mind, creative vision, if you will, uh, to make that movie happen. Uh, and then, uh, lastly, but not least, uh, the only other film we know of that has been officially slated, uh, for 2018 is Superman with boobs. I'm sorry. Oh shit. I mean, Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Superman with boobs. Uh, yeah, they're, they're still, you know, playing around with that too. They don't have a director or anything. Uh, <laughs> they're actually, uh, Rhonda Rousey though. I don't know if you guys saw her on, uh, on Twitter, but she, uh, posted some, uh, like, you know, Photoshop stuff mm-hmm. that fans, oh, yeah. fans made of her in the Captain Marvel uniform. She looks like a spitting image of the actual comic book character. I don't think she's going to get it. Well, no, think, no, probably not, but it was still cool to look at. Her chances were pretty good before a Holly Holm broke her jaw. Well, I was going to say <laughs> the opposite, basically. If she loses again, maybe she'd get it. Like, <laughs> how do you, how, well, what, she'd have like, to switch her career? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she's losing again. Now, there's ru- there's Holy rumors. Pretty, uh, pretty devastating there, uh, Holden. Yeah, but she's a ground fighter, and she decided to stand up with one of the best stand-up uh, people. So, like, you don't you don't fight a world class stand up person if you're a ground pounder. Yeah, we'll you, you don't fight a stand up comedian. I mean, no. you know, you're gonna lose every time. You know, they're too quick with the jokes. They'll make a mockery of you. <laughs> no, and if I were to, embarrassed, and you'll leave I, the octagon. If I were to pick a uh, a Carol Danvers, someone to play Carol Danvers, Charlie Theron. Yeah, it'd have to be. And she's expressed interest in the role as well, and Angelina Jolie's expressed interest in directing the thing. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. If they get the right script and they get the right director, I believe Charlize Theron will take it. I was actually wondering about that. Like, how is there any name that's too big for the Marvel... Oh, the superhero thing. What the, the no way. No way. The thing is, is they're that, just jumping to get on it, right? Well, not everybody. See, there are a lot of people in Hollywood who don't want to deal with it. The uh, these suit comic book movie mm. contracts are very old school and draconian, mm-hmm. and pretty much what you're signing is to play this character over the span of several different movies. Plus, you have to be in every other 
side movie, which means that right, it's a demanding you, contract. You you you're pretty much dedicating a majority of your time to making these films, mm-hmm. which means that if you want some artsy film that you want to go make and or something that might win you an award or another type of movie that's separate yeah. from this, which is more of a grown up movie or a drama or whatever or just anything that is separate from this. It, it's a lot harder to do because you're under contract, and yeah, they're paying you a lot of money, but it's so hard. Like a lot of actresses and actors want nothing to do with it. Like, what, I, what I'm wondering is more like, is there an actor that's like too like, like you get the Hollywood movie stars, but then you have like the very well respected movie stars. Like, is Meryl Streep ever gonna be in a? In a uh, she was. She what? she played Nova Prime. Oh shit! No, that was Glenn Close. I'm sorry. Oh, I, okay. I, I get Glenn Close and Meryl Streep mixed oh, okay. up all the oh. time. Well, good catch. Um, yeah. but yeah, could you see Meryl Streep? Probably or, not. Or Daniel but... Day Lewis. Oh, how good we'd be as a villain? Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> as a Marvel villain. Oh, oh God, I could yeah. see that. There are a lot oh. of actors and actresses who will who go ahead and they will play the villain or they'll play this one role where they're they'll appear in the movie, but they're only going to be in the yeah. movie like the one time. So they're not like caught up in all the bullshit with the contract. They, they should just have bring back Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York and have him be a, a like a comic book villain. <laughs> he'd be he'd be great this like is a kill. <laughs> he'd be great as like just be Bill the Butcher, like don't change a thing about him and then just have him go up great against Great comic book name. Already. Yeah, already, absolutely. And then have him go up against like the Punisher. Like yeah. that would be fuck that would be so cool. Or yeah. just like, rewrite the time period so that the uh that Daredevil is actually in the seventeen hundreds and he's just doing parkour <laughs> and running yeah. from building tops and, yeah. and then he's gotta deal with Bill the Butcher. Although Bill would probably stick a knife on him. Mm. And then he sticks a knife in him, and then that's the last anyone ever sees of Daredevil. Until he comes back in the sequel, stronger than ever. That's the crossover I want to see. Yeah, that would be something else. I want to see a a Marvel Scorsese crossover. Just all the the great Scorsese films and Marvel crossover. (laughs) (laughs) That would just ruin everything all at once. Just Goodfellas and... An X-Men, Goodfellas, well, and Spider-Man. I'm funny, how am I funny? What, am I funny like a clown? Huh? Am I a clown to you? Huh? <laughs> hey, listen, shut up, Bob, or I'll stab you with my claws. <laughs> ah! Coming this December, the X-Men Christmas Carol. <laughs> I just want to see every crossover. And I don't blame you for that. Uh, Tarant- want some cooked goose, Bob? <laughs> Tarantino and DC stuff, that'd be great. Well, that would actually mesh really well. That would mesh really Although well. Although Tarantino has been quoted as saying he hates Batman. Really? He, he actually thinks Batman is the most boring character to put on screen ever because he doesn't have He's a, a big Superman fan. He's a total hipster. Yeah, he is. He has said that in uh, the end of Bill, Kill Bill, Bill, Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah. yeah. That yep. whole monologue about Superman. Yeah. 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 He's just like, it's, I don't uh, know why I like Superman. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to like bring that up because he's the only person whose secret identity isn't like who he is. It's like uh, it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite. Like he's trying to blend in with us. Yeah, like and he's actually right. Superman. That's who yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, which is but cool. It, but he's telling everyone his clock. It's and I mean that is like the one message you like if 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 you if you read it and understand it, that's the one message that can always be taken away from any Superman story. Uh, is that exactly that? Uh, he's a god that is trying to pretend to be a man, right? Uh, which is like 
a really cool concept. You know, people, I, you know, I'll say this, you know, until my face turns blue, uh, people like, you know, will, will dirt on Superman saying mm. like, oh, you know, why do you want to read a, a story about this nearly invincible character? Although not right at this point in time. Right, right. But, yeah. uh, you know, that can do almost anything, you know, like, like that's boring. Like, well, it's not because it's this, you know, being from another planet with uh, godlike abilities that is trying to blend in and be normal. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. The thing that really makes Superman a, the great story is the not really so much the powers, although I'm a big power fan in all shapes and forms. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, jeez, forgot my point. Brock Lesnar! Yeah! <laughs> Entrance music. Ruthless aggression! <laughs> I was no. actually gonna bring up earlier a great Wolverine would have been Chris Benoit, the rabid Wolverine. Oh, he uh, would have been awesome. If he didn't murder his whole family. Yeah, he did one thing. You, but get, you know, gonna, never let him let it down. I'm sure, you know, given the right circumstances, the actual Wolverine might have murdered his whole family too. I so. think he has. Well, he's murdered his son before. <laughs> Several times. His son was a murdering psychopath too, but I mean, you know, sure. go figure. But, yeah. uh, but yes, uh, I remembered. Super. The, the best part of Superman is the interpersonal relationships that they have, and and how he copes with having these abilities and everything. I mean, that's that's the interesting part about Sp- Superman is just how he uh, how he 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 copes because he's in a he's in a, a very unique situation where where Superman is who he is as opposed to Clark Kent, which is. His secret identity, where with most right. superheroes, it'd be the other way around. Right. if I play it? Yeah, no, no, but we're going to play the clip, actually. Okay. But, this one, you know, mm-hmm. before we play the clip, the the one thing imp- that's really important to remember in regards to Superman is if it wasn't for his moral compass, he would have destroyed the planet by now. But since he has such a strong moral compass, because he has the power to do that, he has the power to annihilate everyone and, or or rule over everyone. But he doesn't because of that moral compass. It'd be simple enough. Anyways, we actually have Nathan brought up the, yeah, yeah, the clip the, from yeah. Kill Bill. Let's right. let's play that clip. Of the superhero mythology is there's the superhero and there's the alter ego. Batman is actually Bruce Wayne. Spider Man is actually Peter Parker. When that character wakes up in the morning, he's Peter Parker. He has to put on a costume to become Spider-Man. And it is in that characteristic Superman stands alone. Superman didn't become Superman. Superman was born Superman. When Superman wakes up in the morning, he's Superman. His alter ego is Clark Kent. His outfit with the big red S. That's the blanket he was wrapped in as a baby when the Kents found him. Those are his clothes. What Kent wears, the glasses, the business suit, that's the costume. That's the costume Superman wears to blend in with us. Clark Kent is how Superman views us. And what are the characteristics of Clark Kent? He's weak. He's unsure of himself. He's a coward. Clark Kent is Superman's critique on the whole human race. Sort of like Beatrix Kiddo and Mrs. Tommy Plimpton. Ah, so... the point emerges. You would have worn the costume of Arlene Plimpton, but you were born Beatrix Kiddo. 
every morning when he woke up, he'd still be Beatrix Kiddo. Oh, you can take the needle out. <laughs> you could uh, take the needle out. Yeah, Quentin Did, Tarantino with some very good social commentary. Well, yeah, D- yeah. David Carradine uh, there uh, actually uh, acting the scene, but um, yeah, that that the late David Carradine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he had a very unfortunate accident that led to his death. Um, I don't know if it was an accident. Well, it was an accident, but yeah, it was a <laughs> weird accident. Yeah, more like. Oops, I killed myself. Yeah, for, the, for those that are into asphyxiation and things like that, be careful for Christ's sake. Be and, careful. And yeah. you know, have, have someone close by, uh, to, get, to, to, to please get a spotter. Guess, yeah. Just, that's, that's, that's the one thing. We'd still have David Carradine right now if he had a spotter. I know, right. I, I love David Carradine, but, uh, no, um, the, the coolest part about that, you know, uh, that is Superman's critique on the human race. How fucking, it's just like, you know, whoa. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he thinks we're all cowards and he needs to protect us, you know? It's, it is a good point. Like, I like, I like things like that when, you know, the over analytical stuff like yeah. that. It's just like, well, yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, that's something you never really think of. No, yeah. No, he really is a very good writer, Quentin Tarantino. He just, uh. One of the best of our. Sometimes he gets carried away with the monologues. I love the monologues. I don't, I can't get it. Or, or, or even like, like dialogue. Like, if you watch Jackie Brown, uh, you know, it's a very, very entertaining movie, but there are some parts that you just gotta, like, after you've seen it a few times, you gotta fast forward. Like, mm-hmm. you know, where she's sitting there just talking about just the most mundane shit with, oh, with, yeah, with Max just... Cherry and, and, you know, they're smoking butts. And it's like, yeah, I get it. He's drinking, trying to drinking coffee for 30 minutes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right, all right, all right already. Not, not you know? my favorite Tarantino movie. Jim yeah. Jackie Brown. It, was, nah, it not, had its moments. Yeah, I like it, but it's not not in my top. Uh, probably not even in my top five. Well, he's had so many good ones. It's it's you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I probably feel the same way. Like I still love Jackie Brown, but obviously you know you got Kill Bill, you got Inglorious Bastards, you got Inglourious, Reservoir Dogs. Inglorious Bastards might be my like third favorite. Yeah, movie. such like, a good movie. Like I love Django Unchained. Even I love that part where yeah. the kid's like, "Well, maybe I don't give a shit about you or your fancy pants, nigga." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see Hateful Eight. I, I can't to, wait I, to see that. It's yeah. out. It's out. I gotta see it. Yeah, I know. I want to see it too. I have to see it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about the Netflix series Marvel has and uh, things of that nature. You know, it's great. This is the best part about podcasts. Just getting together. We don't know what's going to happen. We're just with our friends. You know, it's after work. You guys should come to Hotcast. Got great subs down the street. Parking wasn't bad at all. Someone already had paid for mine. It was an hour and eight minutes in there. Got here. My friends were here. Same time. Now we're just hanging out. Come to Hotspot Podcast. Get yourself a good old-fashioned sub. Hotcast. Hotcast Podcast. Come to Hotcast Podcast and enjoy the show. Come to Hotcast Podcast and enjoy the show. This is it. Like, this this is what we do now. Nothing better than just hanging out with some friends. You know what? Hotspot Podcast. Is that what it is? Hot, 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 Hotcast Podcast. Check it out on, online. All I know is Hotcast Podcast, one of the best places. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'm Andrew Puzak, here with Holden Orm. Yo! And New England stand-up comedian Nathan Burke. Me! And, uh, we have been giving you a lengthy analysis and update of what's to 
come this year uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as uh, what to look forward to uh, in regards to uh, the, 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 the distant future after 2016, uh, in regards to uh, some of the film events that have already been slated for 2017 and 2018. Uh, now I'd like to change gears slightly, if I could, uh, fellas, and uh, discuss Marvel Television, which has really blossomed into a beautiful, big bush of television greatness over uh, over the past uh, year, probably the past two years, I'd say. Ask and ye shall receive you took the, the bountiful meta- television bush. You took the metaphor right out of my mouth. Oh, I'm good at taking things out of people's <laughs> mouths, you know? <laughs> It's what I used to do for a living. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like candy from around. a baby. Hey, hey, hey <laughs> take that out. It's, why don't you take that out? Oh, <laughs> uh, we're being oh, silly today. Oh, sorry, sir, sorry. I'll take it out of my mouth right away. <laughs> That's right. So Marvel Marvel never really had a tele, like a really strong television presence. I mean, they've always had the animation going for them, but they haven't really had a strong television presence until Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which came out, uh, 2014, I want to say. Could be wrong. 2013, 2014, somewhere around there. That's, uh, 13, 14, I think, because they're on the third season right now. So, math dictates that that's when it should have been, at least. Yeah. 13. Um, and honestly, uh, you know, I'm a huge, obviously, you know, I'm here, you know, doing this podcast with you guys, you know, we're, we're huge comic guys. Um, I couldn't really get my head, you know, get into agents of shield the first season. I, you know, the first, I watched like the first five episodes and it just wasn't hooking me. So I gave it a break. Uh, I was focusing on other things like arrow and then the flash and what have you. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I picked it back up and I watched seasons one and two, uh, and it is just, you know, as we said, it's a great show. They really got something. They've been really pushing the Inhumans hard. Uh, it's been a big part of the storyline, but it's been really good. And they've been doing really well with it. So uh, since S.H.I.E.L.D. itself, the strategic homeland intervention, espionage, and logistics division... <laughs> I cannot believe I know that. Loaded acronym. <laughs> I can't believe I can recite that. Um, they are like the agency in charge of dealing with metahuman, mutant, and other worldly things mm-hmm. and threats of that nature. So it would make sense that on Agents of Shield, since they all right, so they can't they can't use mutants at all. Fox owns those properties. Uh, all right, well let's why don't we focus on Inhumans then? All right, fair enough. And they've been doing a great job, uh, so far. Uh, lots of cool things have been happening. Um, not to give anything away. However, um, ah, lost my train of thought, guys. Um, accompanying, accompanying Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we also have Agent, Agent Carter, which, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Um, I do kind of want to see that. I, I should get into that. Yeah, I'd like to get into that too. Holden, could you please stop giving me that look like why am I even bringing that up? Cuz technically is a Marvel show, okay? And you know, eventually I'm going to watch it and I have a funny feeling it's going to be good. What? No, I, my heart it's a really good show. 
Wasn't it just like a miniseries like at first? It was like six episodes, and then they decided to bring it back again. I think you could be right, but I I, I know it's got its following, uh, or or it wouldn't you know it wouldn't have spruced into whatever it became. You know, it this what's well, pretty much uh, the original Captain America era show that's based around the beginning of the founding of Shield. Yeah, yeah, and. Things having to do with a post World War Two nature. Yeah, you, no, that's that's accurate. Um, I do. I like it when they do the superhero stuff in different time periods. Me too. That's probably the best part of uh, X Men First Class for me is the fact that it took place in the seventies around the same time, and that was actually like the Cuban Missile Crisis back then. Right, and right. They tied in history to fiction and with uh and with um, days of future, future past, past. yeah seven took place in the 70s or wolverine goes Both, back to the yeah. <clears throat> wolverine goes back to the 70s yeah geez it's just like how how old are we now that uh we could probably see a movie take place in the 80s and be like whoa it's oh, yeah. a retro flick it's yeah. so retro right and they're like oh man check out my new it's an electric toothbrush i just bought it. it's the way of the future everyone's gonna clean their teeth this way Whoa, man. Whoa. They should go back to the 90s in the next one. <laughs> the 90s? Yeah. Oh, the 90s as a decade was just like half of it was Limp Biscuit, and then like the other half of it was like Nirvana. Mm. And then, you know, there were some P. Diddy videos sprinkled in late, there. Late 90s measure. was a horrible time for music. I think the I like 90s to... itself was like a mockery of a decade. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like to equate the '90s with Weird Al Yankovic. So, like, there you go. Like, it was a yeah. mock. It was a complete mockery. You uh, had him mocking everything, and uh, you probably, yeah. you you probably have a much happier view of the '90s than I do. If that's what you, it's great for pro wrestling, though. Oh, pro, that's like the one of the only good things about late, the '90s. Late 90s. Oh, yeah. the uh, '96. What, what do they call it? That the uh, the, attitude the attitude era. era yes. Yeah. That was that was the shit. That was where it was at. mm Hmm. A lot, uh, of, a lot of big changes. A lot of big names. A lot of great wrestlers came out of there. <laughs> great, great wrestlers. wrestlers. Great. Um, so yeah, Marvel, uh, you know, has their network television series with Agents of Shield and Agent Carter. Uh, both, you know, like espionage type shows. Although, like I said, Agents of Shield uh, has been dealing a lot with uh, Inhumans and <clears throat> you know, metahuman type things like that as well. Uh, but then, you know, the, probably the coolest thing that Marvel has done outside of its cinematic universe, although they're all supposed to be interconnected, um, is what they've been doing with their Netflix series. Uh, so far they've put two out, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. They've both just been absolutely just blockbusters. They've been a real smash. Uh, it started out with Daredevil, uh, which I still need to watch, which is ridiculous because, well, I've seen Jessica Jones and I haven't seen Daredevil. Yeah, well, that's okay. Like that's... I've seen Daredevil and haven't seen Jessica Jones. So this is but good. I feel like Daredevil came first, so it, I should watch it. You know. Yeah, but they, the two shows themselves like have very little to do with each other, mm-hmm. so it's not like you know you missed out on anything. But yeah, yeah it's worth it's worth seeing. Daredevil is like a, I'm gonna say it's a must see. I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 97%. Oh, okay. Um, not that I always listen to them, because I don't, cause, you know, yeah. I feel like critics in general, like, 
don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Uh, have, just like have no for, idea what it's like to create anything. For those right. who can't do teach. Ex- right, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But this, this, <laughs> this is like even, the same this, thing with credit. The critics. But this those is who even can't teach teach gym. <laughs> but this is even worse because it's like these people can't even I teach. What that's from. These people have no idea what it's like to create anything. They just they just criticize. Well, you know. So I take what they say with a grain of salt. But uh, no, Daredevil uh, extremely high percentile. On uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and, and rightfully so. Well, even if you just heard word of mouth, I don't really think I've run into anybody who has anything bad to say about that show. It was it was pretty much flawless. Uh, it follows it very closely follows uh, the source material regarding Frank Miller's uh, the Man Without Fear story arc, which is his take on Daredevil's origin. That's where, like you know, the black. Uh, you know, the black suit comes from, like, the ninja outfit that he wears in the beginning, uh, things like that. And, um, I don't know, the, the tone of the show was finally exactly the, where, the way it was supposed to be for that particular book. I mean, if you, if you've ever read a Daredevil story arc, uh, they're usually extremely, extremely dark, very crime noir. Uh, very, you know, boots on the ground, like street crime type stuff. Um, it's just this guy who just gets friggin' fed up, you know, uh, it's blind, obviously blinded as a kid, uh, <clears throat> with toxic chemicals, but it heightens all of his other senses and he uses his heightened senses to train with a man named Stick to become probably the best fighter in the Marvel universe, hands down. Uh, just when it comes to actual fighting, why? Who do you think's better, Holden? Well, I, I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just thinking that Wolverine might be up there because he's the best at everything. Yeah. Well, he's know, the be- like- Andrew. He's the best at what he does, and what he does isn't very nice. Yeah, I know, but it's also cheap. I mean, he's got an adamantium skeleton, and he's got a fucking claws. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm talking about just straight up fighting. I'm uh, not just- talking about. Just you technique know. and just pure yeah. and no nothing special to yeah, help that, you out with the exactly uh, yeah. Although Chris Jericho is the best in the world at what I do, and Chris uh, CM Punk is just the best in the world, and they had a big feud over that uh, over that <laughs> moniker. <Just> <laughs> really? Yeah, they that's did. actually probably one of the better storylines that come out of WWE <laughs> in the past five years. To yeah, argue maybe. about it. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you stole my catchphrase. Jeez, what you? Well, I don't know. Who else? Hand to hand, pretty. Uh, I guess Black Widow is pretty good. Iron Fist. Iron. Well, yeah, his whole thing is kung fu. I mean, I, I would throw Luke Cage in that mix too, probably. Yeah, but uh, he's also indestructible. If we can't use Wolverine, we can't use Luke Cage. Yeah, I don't know. Um, either way, I was just trying to make a point that uh, that's a pretty good point. You know, when I was explaining, you know. <clears throat> the series. Very good series, though. Vincent D'Onofrio did an excellent uh, Wilson Fisk. Uh, nothing bad to say about it, and I can't wait for season two where we have uh, some new characters. Uh, I keep forgetting the name of the actress that plays Elektra. Uh, it'll come to me, but I don't remember. But you got John Berthal playing uh, the new Punisher, which should be very interesting. I can't wait for that. Um... There's been rumors that we're going to see Bullseye. Don't know enough about it yet. 
Um, and then other returning characters, the Gladiator will certainly be back. Uh, we saw him in season one. Uh, if you don't know who he is, he's the guy who uh, made Daredevil's new suit. Ah. Uh, he was working for Fisk. And uh, I believe, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw a prediction out there that we are going to see Leland Owlsley back again uh, as the owl this time. I know Fisk threw him down an elevator shaft. Who? Leland Owlsley. Who? Leland Owlsley. Who? The Le- owl. The the owl? Who? Exactly. Oh, I see what he's doing. Yeah? Who? He's doing who is who. He's, he's one of those comedians. He's, yeah. doing, he's doing one of his jokes. Come see me every night at the comedy studio last month. <laughs> let's see let's see him try to solve that riddle. Now, we know that Fisk <laughs> threw him down an elevator shaft. Um... It's usually very difficult to recover from something like that, but, you know, if they're going to follow the source material, Leland becomes the owl, unless what they do is they mentioned uh, how Owlsy's son was uh, on his way to Hell's Kitchen to deal with his father's accident, so maybe he becomes the owl. But either way... Who? Either way, we're going <laughs> to be seeing the owl, I believe. That's my prediction for season two. Um, but the, the cool thing... Uh, about this is Daredevil, along with Jessica Jones, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, they're all sort of part of this little Netflix universe that they're putting together, along with you know a future Luke Cage series, a future Iron Fist series, and there have started to become rumors about a Punisher series. But we haven't even seen the Punisher yet, so I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Um, but I suppose the last series uh, that we can talk about, that we know anything about, it would be Jessica Jones. I finished watching it, and you did too, Nathan. Yep. Uh, a little too dark for you, Holden, but... That's just... It's just... I don't know. Can't... <laughs> Can't get through it, God. I'm at will eventually. Too dark for Holden? Why? Why, why would, why would it be too dark for Holden? Oh, I don't know. Just, uh, blonde girls killing their parents in elevator shafts. <laughs> oh, it's just too, like, like, well. It's a, it's a grim story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fairly gritty and, and, and de- depressing in, in itself. Yeah. So I, I, I find it, I, I have a hard time watching things like that. I can't, yeah. I can't, Binge this show like I can binge other shows. This is one of those ones where I like. Don't watch Sense Eight, so then. <laughs> oh no, I actually watched Sense Eight. Oh, you did? Yeah, did I you liked like it. that. Yeah, yeah, I did yeah. like it. Okay. Just Jessica just finished it too. Yeah, Jessica Jones for some reason is just like uh, a little too just, much. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll finish it eventually. It's probably because I haven't gotten any of the um, any of the David Tennant parts. Because I guess he like the his purple man portrayal is probably the, like the best reason to watch the show from what I've heard. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he he is very good. Yeah, pur- very purple good. man is originally actually a daredevil villain, uh, but uh, when Brian Michael Bendis originally, I didn't see, I didn't know it was a, a purple man. I did because they, they didn't really address that. He's supposed that. to. His name's Kilgrave, but he's supposed right. to have purple skin, uh, as well as the uh, his ability. Right. Well, right. They, See, you should be on this podcast. They okay, probably, what they probably figured is like the actual purple skin might have just, you know, been a little too unrealistic for the show. Either way, um, he did a great job as Kilgrave. Uh, now, uh, when Brian Michael Bendis put out the Alias series, which is, you know, the first Jessica Jones comic book series, huge, it was a huge hit. I remember when it came out because I was reading Daredevil as a kid at the time, and it was 
right next to Daredevil every every month on the shelves, you know. Um, but uh, that's where you know Brian Michael Bendis took the Purple Man and made him into something a lot greater because he was sort of like a Daredevil jobber, you know, if you will. Before before that, he was kind of like one of Daredevil's, you know. Uh, Guys that would show up every once in a while, and he'd kick his ass, and that would be it, you know? It's funny, because with Pil- Kilgrave's power set, I imagine that he'd give somebody like Daredevil fits with his... with his. Well, with the right writers, finally he did. But, uh, you know, in the, in just at the get-go, you know, the way Marvel... You know how things took a little while to evolve right. when, so when Stan started everything in the 60s, you know? Yeah, sometimes writers just don't know what right, they cause have. Because, obviously, yeah. Daredevil's blind and Kilgrave, like, because it, does it work all by... Uh, auditory, vo- yeah. Yeah. It's all so, auditory. So, yeah, that would be... That would be a problem. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's almost surprising that they... Uh, wouldn't put Kilgrave in the Daredevil series and put him with Jessica Jones. I think they were saving him because of that. And I, I, I don't know. I don't want to like, you know, really spoil anything, but I I feel like we're going to see him again. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we might even see him again when all these characters come together for a Defenders series, because that's what's going to eventually happen. Now, what is, uh, I mean, I, I see, I don't, know any of the source material at all i just watched i watched jessica jones and it was, i thought it was great and um but what is like so is her power only just like strength like super strength yeah pretty much uh super strength and she can jump really high yeah um okay i just it, it, i like i like how they were sort of like ambiguous with it a little yeah, bit. Like they, yeah. Were, they weren't like they didn't come right out and say everything it's funny because her power set doesn't really help her at all against Kilgrave. She has to, like, finally, like, the only thing that she's able to do to beat him is use her wit, which yeah. eventually, you know, it works. But, you know, jeez, uh, talk about a scary villain and talk about, you know, yeah. uh, a, a very dark crime noir type series that really borderlines on the horror genre big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a, such a great series. It followed Bendis's alias run almost to a T. I do like that. I, I do really like the fact that like she just acquired a skill that wasn't like a mutant power. Yeah. Like her investigative skills. She just like, I'm just gonna, I, she just like learned to do that. Yeah. Like, it's it's kind of <laughs> interesting. Like that's not a superpower. That's just, she's just good at that. Well, as, as the story goes, <laughs> and, and they, they try to, uh, you know, they, they do a little bit of background on this, you know, they do some flashbacks in the show, but she, she tried the superhero thing at first, actually, and, and she, mm-hmm. fa- she kind of failed at it. Uh, so the story of Jessica Jones is she's, uh, <clears throat> you know, a failed superhero that takes, you know, decides to become a private investigator after that because, you know, she has the, the the talent to do it, I guess. And there's not there wasn't, you know, a lot of other things I think that she she could yeah. have done. It, you know? it speaks to the complexity of her character. I think like she almost oh, yeah. she almost abandoned her power, or, or she was like insecure about it, big time. Because yeah. you know they talk about how she was insecure about it. She like didn't want anyone to know about it. So she have has this ability with like the private investigation thing. Which is has absolutely nothing to do with her power. Like she, it, yeah, it's it's not not even relevant to her her power. But I feel like because of it, though, 
um, she will put herself in like really dangerous situations mm. without really she, she can't you know, giving she can't a shit. Use it, yeah, yeah. She, you know, back against the wall, but yeah, because she knows like deep down, like well. I am stronger than all of these people. <laughs> you know, I can, right. you know, but, but yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I want, I don't want to like showcase that unless I have to. Um, it's such it's, a good, it's like if, it's like if uh Cyclops or something was just like, I'm going to learn how to play the saxophone. It's going to be my new job. I'm just going to, I'm going to be like a, one of the best saxophone players around. It's yeah. Be my new career. It's a cool take. It is a very cool take. Um, so, for those that, you know, are, are familiar with the source material. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had to take a sip of water. Mm-hmm. You also had, uh, her, her friend there, uh, oh, I forget her name, Hellcat, uh, Patsy Walker, uh, who's like secretly doing her own training. She's sort of like inspired by Jessica. Like she's the one who's like, you know, I, you know, she's got the radio show and she's like a, you know, uh, childhood t- television actor, actress, who's uh, become a radio personality, and she's got like you know the whole everyday life thing like on lockdown, you know, rich, you know, fancy apartment, but then like she just wants to learn how to fight crime for some odd reason, and uh, you know she 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 becomes an excellent supporting character in the show, along with obviously Luke Cage. You know, so you're sort of seeing the rumblings of a defenders team being put together there. You got Luke Cage, who's going to have his own series coming up. Uh, you got Jessica. You have Patsy, who becomes Hellcat. Uh, and then obviously, See, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't mean to be giving too much away. No, that's here, fine. I mean, this, these these are things that like people know. So it's yeah, kind of, it's yeah. Not like I'm, it's not like a spoiler. It's just, yeah, that's how it, yeah. I haven't read the comics. <clears throat> and then whatever comes out of Daredevil Season 2 with uh, Elektra and the Punisher, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, they're, they're, look, they're trying to cast uh, Iron Fist right now as well. And they are not looking for a Caucasian blonde guy to play Danny Rand. They are actually looking for an Asian American that knows martial arts. Probably a better way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. It's more diverse, and Iron Fist is, I mean, it's a character I know pretty well, but it's still somewhat obscure, like Luke Cage and Iron Fist. You know, uh, Heroes for Hire, they had a following, but um I feel like they can get away with, uh you know, casting, uh you know, an Asian American that's just... You know, I, he's like, you know, Iron Fist, for those that don't know, he's kind of like, you know, like the Kung Fu master of the, of the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, works alongside Luke Cage. <clears throat> when they go into business together, uh, with their, uh, heroes for hire, uh, type thing where they do, where they try to get paid to save people, which yeah. is interesting. Um, That's the way it should be. It's how America works. Yeah, capitalize <laughs> on that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want to be safe? That's uh, all right. Your total is gonna come to uh, seven hundred and fifty-four ninety-seven. Yeah, and I'll take cash or uh, or credit. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, 
But no, but uh, all these characters that they've built, like sort of another sub-universe within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, are eventually, supposedly, all going to show up in a Defenders series, which is, you know, a collection of Marvel Street-level heroes. That's not how it used to be in the comic books. The Defenders were very different. The Defenders used to consist of Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, She-Hulk... Uh, Iron Fist. I think Iron Fist is actually the only one in, you know. I, I do like the, that, that like subtlety of it, of like, they're, they're not really, they don't have like crazy powers. Yeah, yeah. They have, like their powers are like just like enough that they can be heroes. They exactly. Can, like, they, exactly. They can fight like normal, normal people. Yeah. They can like stop a bank robbery and stuff like that, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's so cool. It's, it like, it's a little different. It's a little yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, like you know, that first tier of uh, like mutant power or whatever. Exactly. No, yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. cool. We yeah, have cool. and we have so much to look forward to, especially over the course of 2016. Just to recap this, and this is just Marvel. <laughs> this isn't. We're not even talking DC or anything else. Just Marvel. We're looking at Deadpool, and this is chronological order, by the way. Deadpool, Civil War, X-Men Apocalypse, Doctor Strange, and then uh, the Daredevil and the Luke Cage uh, Netflix series. Daredevil Season 2, Luke Cage Season 1. Uh, oh, Luke Cage is his own series? Yeah, he's going to have his own series. Yeah. Oh, all right. And I believe that's where we're going to see our Iron Fist for the first time. Hmm. Mark, Very I'll, cool. I'm not positive about that, but I'm pretty damn sure. So, you know... Guys, you know, I'll try, I'll try to answer my phone. If for any reason I can't, it's probably because I'm watching, uh, some of these series or some of these movies. I'm gonna have to watch Daredevil <laughs> by Hook or Crook. Yeah, honestly, Nathan, you're gonna watch the first episode and you'll be hooked. You're not gonna be able to stop watching it. It's just, whether you like the, you know, read the comic or not, mm-hmm. it's just how it is. It's just that good. It yeah. honestly is. It I'll honestly. Have to watch it. I know people who've never picked up a comic book or really been into this stuff who have seen Daredevil and were just blown away. Mm. So if you like Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones is a little different. Daredevil's more crime based where Jessica Jones is a lot more like almost horror based. It's almost like a horror series. Um, but same tone, uh, definitely Equally addicting, so. So, yeah. If you like corned beef, you're gonna love pastrami. Is what oh, yeah. Saying. Yeah. That's, that's actually a great way of, uh, you know, great analogy. But I think this concludes this week's podcast. We hope we gave you enough of an in-depth, uh, presentation here on what to look forward to in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe this year. My name is Andrew Buzak of Vigilant Geek Media. And with me, as always, is my comic book partner in crime. Hold an arm of Vigilant Geek Media. And we want to thank Nathan Burke for being on the show today. Thank you, Nathan. Thank Thank you you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Be on the lookout for more exciting updates from us at Vigilant Geek Media in podcast and article form on our blog, thevigilantgeek.blogspot.com. And always, remember to stay vigilant!